Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon where I'm giving you all seven days of a free trial. So patreon.com backslash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And if you join the ITBR professor level, which you'll see gets you access to all of our rewatch podcast series like Queer as Folk and Smash, and all of our Teaches series, including when we rewatched Scream with you all, when we discussed The Exorcist, we're about to do a Britney Spears memoir episode. So, oh, and The Fall of the House of Usher is coming up. You also get access to both book clubs. And while you're at it, while you're joining our Patreon, where you're getting your seven days for free, I would really love if you Make sure you like and follow us on Apple or Spotify, and please leave a review. It really does help us in terms of advertisers and sponsors. Thank you all for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room Network, and it is just wonderful to be part of this arts and culture organization and have you all out there reach out to me. So again, remember, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And we have a Facebook and we're on X as well. Enjoy this episode, everyone. Hey, true crime friends, welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. I hope you all have had a wonderful week this week. I have my Christmas party tonight at my office. Well, it's not at the office. We're having it somewhere else, but it's for the office. So I'm very excited for that. I'm going to get all dressed up and have some free drinks on my company. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And then, you know, just hanging out the rest of the weekend, you know, probably recovering. <laughs> so, you know, I have started watching some holiday films. Um, I think my boyfriend and I have watched Die Hard a few times. So, <laughs> you know, trying to get into the holiday spirit that is among us. I swear, though, I feel like money is just water this time of year. It just it goes away and it just evaporates and it's gone. Like it is insane. I hate it. I hate it. The economy just needs to get better, I think. Um you know, but this isn't we're not here for politics. We are here for the news and true crime. So, let's get into this true crime update that I've got for you guys. A 16-year-old boy from Las Vegas is suspected of threatening a lone wolf terrorist attack. Now, lone wolf is exactly what it sounds like. It is a terrorist attack that is committed by one person. Lone wolf, you know. Like, unfortunately, most teenage terrorist criminals, they take into the internet to state their intentions of terrorism. 
including professing his devotion to the organization ISIS. You know, in case anyone forgot about them, they're still here. As well as using anti-Semitic language in his posts. Now, after the post's discovery, which included a picture of the teen with a handmade, homemade, excuse me, ISIS flag, the LVPD launched a whole investigation. It was stated that the teen was a recent convert, and according to reports, police uncovered a quote-unquote trove of terrorism propaganda and material that police say indicated to them that the teen was a threat and was attending, intending excuse me, to really carry this out. The teen has been charged with making terrorist threats and attempting to further an act of terrorism, providing material support to terrorist organization, and I wrote this on a piece of paper, which is why you can hear me go, I'm messing things up, but also it ripped, so I'm trying to find, okay, here it is. So another charge was support of a, to a terrorist organization plus five counts of possessing explosive components so yeah so you know i just hate when there are stories like this about violent teenagers or at least teenagers who you know are inclined to do things like this you know whether it's because of bullying or you know some sort of mental disorder you know it's just you know teenage life is difficult enough as it is you know, to throw all of this other stuff, you know, it's just, it's sad. Of course, you know, because the boy is 16 years old, his name will not be printed anywhere. He's a minor. So, and please, you know, don't go looking for him. It, like I said, he's got it bad enough right now. A Vancouver man is suspected of killing his wife, two adult daughters, and his brother before killing himself in their home this past weekend. The sheriff's department responded to a welfare check after 1 p.m. on Sunday. The person requesting the check had received text messages from the alleged shooter that were concerning, which was why they were asking for a welfare check. After an initial check from an unnamed aircraft system, which or not unnamed, I'm sorry, unmanned aircraft system, which I'm assuming they flew over the house to see what was going on and, like, look in the windows and stuff. So I guess once they found that there was no, like, anything dangerous in the home or that could be potentially dangerous to anyone enter trying to enter the home, the police then eventually went in. Sadly, there they found the five deceased inside and there's still no motive at this time. There still isn't, you know, really any other information about this case. Um, it is active and ongoing, so I will keep you all posted, you know, once this all comes out. I did have one more story for you all, but I'm going to put it for next week because, like I said, I got a party to go to, so your girl's got to get ready. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with this week's case, the murder of Kaylee Sawyer. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and when I'm not here on the podcast, I am consulting with 
small businesses, undergraduate students, graduate students, podcasters, and those in media. So if you're curious about the work that I've done with my consultation services, you could just type me in on Google, Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and you'll see a few reviews pop up. I've worked on college admission essays for undergraduate students. I've revamped and expanded a small business's social media marketing campaign right here in Port Jefferson, New York. And I've also worked on a graduate student's thesis for her physician assistant program. So if you want to seek me out or inquire about my consultation services, just email me. That's the easiest way to reach me at ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. That's easy to remember. And tis the season for college admission essays, both undergraduate and graduate, thesis writing, dissertation writing. Um, do you want to create a podcast and you don't know where to begin? Media work, um, how to open a TikTok, how to start creating videos on TikTok, what to do with your Instagram, all of that I have done. So just reach out to me. Also, I'm really excited to announce that the December book club choice is Britney Spears's The Woman in Me memoir. So to join the book club, head to ivorytowerboilerroom.com and go to events and you're going to see a form there just so I know how many of you are joining the book club. And that way I can reach out to each of your email addresses and poll all of you to see what date at the end of December works. It's going to be the week after Christmas. So don't worry, it's not going to be the week of Christmas. That would be hectic. And then I'll let you all know how to join the book club, which happens on Patreon. You just join under the ITBR book club section. So can't wait to see who wants to discuss Britney Spears. We have a lot to dissect there. And in the also, if you want to join the Wicked Broadway Musical group event, which is happening in March, head to that event section on the website and fill out that Google form by December 1st. Ah, so much happening here in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And I love this community. I love being the host and director of this arts and culture organization. Thank you all for supporting me. It means so much. And please spread the word for my consultation services, for the podcast, the book club, the Broadway musical, group event, all the things. And without further ado, Here's today's episode. Happy winter. Happy holidays. I hope you all are merry and bright out there. I am here in Port Jefferson, New York on Long Island in one of my favorite stores. It is the Soapbox NY, a bath and body boutique. I'm here with one of the co-owners, Janine. Hi, Janine. Happy holidays. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Thank you. Good. So I know you have many winter scents to walk us through. So let's yes. get started okay, because there's a lot to talk about and it's exciting so what is this that i'm holding this is a hand wash by one of our favorite companies greenwich bay uh, it's a gingerbread scent which is wonderful very christmasy very holiday-ish and you can follow it up by using greenwich bay's lotion is a hand and body lotion and to keep with that gingerbread scent is a um, sugar whip scrub it's a body scrub that you could use in the shower and it's by a company called primal elements and it's something I'm actually using currently. And I said to Janine, and she always laughs, uh, that I really feel like I'm in Santa's bakery. So, oh, it is so yummy. It's, good. it's a good one. And then 
What are these adorable little yep. soap gifts? Jumping back to Greenwich Bay, this is a great little grab-and-go gift, uh, great for a stocking stuffer. There are mini soaps by Greenwich Bay, and it just gives you a little sample of some of their mini soaps to try. Ooh, peppermint, yeah. mistletoe, holly, yeah, cranberry. Yeah, and there's some um, red in there, too. And then what is this room spray? This is from company Michelle Design Works, another one of our favorites. Room spray that you can use any room in your house, just kind of freshens up the room a bit. And then what is this by Michelle Design Also Works? by Michelle Design Works is Winter Blooms, one of their new scents this holiday season. It's great. It's um, a hand wash. You can use it in your kitchen or your bathroom. And then here is something to follow it up with. Exactly. It's a hand and body lotion. And then what is this beautiful decorative candle here? One of our favorites that we actually sell mm. all year round because it's so popular. This is the scent of Fraser Fur by Times. I think I'm becoming addicted to it. Yes. I think you are because you already own one, I believe. I own one and it is a decorative candle for me because I'm about to open it, but it's just in such I know the a beautiful is, package. I don't know what's better, the packaging or the scent. I'm using it wonderful. as a holiday decoration. So cool. I'll get to the candle eventually, yes, everyone. Well, but it's wonderful because with Times and their Fraser fur, not only do they carry the candles, but they also make it in the scents in the diffuser, in soap, the hand lotion, the um, the hand soap. It's just a great line and a great scent. We're going to be Fraser furred uh, crazed this holiday season. I love it. And yeah. then what are these so adorable pajamas? My friends next to me, uh, a company called Hello Mellow. But these pajamas are so comfy. We have the t-shirts with the pajama pants. These happen to be the Nutcrackers, one of my favorite this holiday season. And then they have the night shirts too. And they're so comfy. And it says, oh, what, what fun, fun, with the little Santa hat. Yes, and we have others as well. So, Janine, how can everyone out there get their hands on your hand and body and even pajama products well we'd be more than happy to see you in our shop we're located at 18 chandler square in port jefferson village you could always call us to place an order we're happy to ship to you our phone number is 631-509-1424 you can place an order on our website soapboxny.com and you could also find us on instagram or tiktok at the soapbox ny so many options mm -hmm. I can't wait for all of you out there to just enjoy what I love so much about the Soapbox NY. So with yeah, that, thank you so much. Happy winter, everyone. And this is going to keep you all, especially in the Northeast, merry and cheery with our cold, dark days. Yes, I know they're coming, unfortunately, but we'll yeah. survive. But this will get you that pep right in your, your spirits. Exactly. I think so too. Yes. There we go. Happy yes. holidays. Happy Bye, holidays. everyone. Thank you. Imagine that. You're riding the Turner Classic Movie Great Movie Ride in Hollywood Studios. It's in the 1990s. As you're journeying through the Great Movie Ride, you pass the Wizard of Oz, where all of a sudden you see the Wicked Witch of the West ascend into Munchkinland in a cloud of smoke and flames. Well, that's the memory I have with the Great Movie Ride in classic cinema when I was at Disney in the 1990s as a young boy. And ever since that, I was hooked on classic cinema. Well, my friend Christian Garcia, friend of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, has a podcast that you all are going to love. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And he looks at queer themes in classic cinema, like Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, 101 Dalmatians, Hello Dolly, the list can go on and on and on. 
So follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. You can listen to his podcast on Apple and Spotify. And he also is on the premiere episode of our Queer as Folk podcast, where I'm re-watching every episode of Queer as Folk from 2000. And the episodes come out bi-weekly. So make sure you listen to his episode with me. And he's launching a rewatch show of Smash, where they're putting on a Marilyn Monroe musical. So he's going to be joined by co-hosts, a lot who are in the Broadway and theater industry. And I'm going to be on his first episode. So without further ado, get listening to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Enjoy. Kylie Ann Sawyer was born on March 2nd, 1993, in Bend, Oregon, to parents Julie Van Cleve and Jamie Sawyer. Now, I'm not sure if her parents were ever married. I didn't see it in my research. But at some point, each of them obviously did remarry. Um, Van Cleve is Julie's uh, married last name, I believe. Kaylee had four younger brothers, two from each of her parents. She was also the great-great-great-granddaughter of Chief Joseph Forbear of the Cheyenne River Suez Tribe of South Dakota, which she was actually enrolled in. By all accounts, Kaylee had a normal childhood. After high school, she decided that she wanted to study dentistry. This was actually something I considered at one point as well. For her in 2016, though, she was working as a dental assistant while she was attending Central Oregon Community College. I couldn't find, like, if she was taking some pre-courses to become, like, a dentist or if she wanted to be able to come a become a dental hygienist. Because when I, like I said, when I was considering that, I went to a community college. And through there, I would have been able to become a dental hygienist, which is higher than a dental assistant. But either way, at 23, she was furthering her career through education and, you know, really trying to, you know, get her life started, her adult life started, that is. She was also dating a man that she, that most people, considered to be the love of her life, a guy named Cameron Reimhofer. The two shared an apartment near the community college, and on July 23rd, 2016, Kaylee went downtown to attend a friend's bachelorette party. At around midnight, she called for Cameron to pick her up. The couple arrived back at their apartment almost 15 minutes later, and they were seen arguing. Some sources claim that this argument was about an interaction that she had had with another man that was there at the bachelor party that she was at. This argument caused Kaylee to walk away once they got to their apartment. Cameron claimed that he was not worried Because they were texting after she left, so he knew that she was okay. He tried to persuade her to come back, but she just kept refusing. Cameron said that the last text that he received from Kaylee was, Goodbye, and then her phone was turned off. Now, most people would be concerned about that last text, but Cameron wasn't. And it's not because he was involved, but this was because this was a pattern with Kaylee when they fought. At least, you know, that's what some sources claim that I'm seeing. But I mean, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mainly I'm saying that in reference to Kaylee's character and not Cameron's involvement. Because like I said, spoilers, he's not involved. 
In fact, though, 10 minutes later, Cameron actually went outside to check the car to see if she had returned, but she hadn't. Another friend of Kaylee's had tried to call her around 1 a.m., but was unable to reach her. The next day, Kaylee failed to show up for work. Cameron and Kaylee's friends did try to find her. Cameron tried to locate her, but once he knew that she wasn't at work and then eventually wasn't at her home, he knew that something was really wrong and her parents, her mother specifically, reported her missing to the Bend, Oregon Police Department. Not much longer after the report, Kaylee was considered an endangered missing person, which is a lot, obviously, as it sounds, a more serious missing person situation, you know. Police, of course, you know, conducted a search, but sadly, it didn't yield any results. They checked her phone records and saw that her phone had been in North Madras, Oregon at around 4.20 p.m. that next day and was used in the same area two hours later. At roughly 9.46 p.m., her phone was located back in Bend, Oregon. However, they couldn't actually find, like, specific locations. Like, it seemed like they were only able to locate, like, general areas. The next day, July 25th, a woman named Isabel Ponce Lara walked into Redmond Police Department. According to some of the sources I've seen, it said that she was a new police officer for Bend PD, which really isn't pertinent information like I thought it was going to be when I was researching. Um, I just think it's interesting that she just so happened to be a police officer for reasons you will see in just a second. Now, this woman told officers that her husband, a man named Edwin Enoch Lara, a part-time security guard at Central Oregon Community College, had been acting strange when he arrived home after work. After pressing him about his strange behavior, he eventually confessed to her that he killed a woman. She stated that he had told her that he had accidentally run over a woman with his security vehicle at work during the early hours of July 24th. He told her that in a panic, he dumped the woman's body far away from the site of the accident. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I am so excited to be talking about Broadview Press. You might be asking, what is Broadview Press, Andrew? Broadview is an independent academic publisher in the humanities that produces high-quality, pedagogically useful books for use in university and college classrooms. They publish in the humanities mainly English studies, writing, philosophy, and history, just to name a few genres. And recently, I had on Dr. Jason Holt, who wrote all about the philosophy of sport. And what better summer episode than to talk about what happens when a philosopher dissects the beautiful aesthetics of sporting culture? In the spring, I had on doctors Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez to talk about what is sound writing, how to make audio projects in the college classroom, how to even have your students create podcasts. And then in the winter, I had on Dr. Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock. He talked about analyzing pop culture. Yes, I even sneak in some Real Housewives questions. And how to teach composition and make it fun. He uses this whole metaphor about being a mad scientist in this gothic lab. 
And in the fall, I had on Dr. Ann Stevens, and she talked about literary theory and criticism. And yes, the university season is upon us. So what better way to talk about the college classroom than to actually understand what is literary theory? That's a wonderful episode for all of you out there who teach literary studies. I love Broadview Press. Make sure you use their exclusive code. It's Ivory Tower on broadviewpress.com. You get 20% off all all Broadview Press publications. Okay, until the next Broadview Press interview, and now back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog. So you can see all of this on glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Remember, you get 50% off your subscription of the GL Review magazine when you use the promo code ITBR50. That's 50% off your print or digital subscription when you use promo code ITBR50. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, Visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I'm so excited to shout out the Gay and Lesbian Review, who is helping to sponsor the ITBR podcast. For all of you out there, the Gay and Lesbian Review is a bi-monthly magazine where you can discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture, and the GL Review publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and their popular art memo column. Each issue of the magazine brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme. For example, their September-October issue centers on the theme, Cracking the Closet. So, starting in the 19th century, a number of artists and writers found ways to crack the closet by expressing their sexuality between the lines or in the interstices of their work. For example, Ignacio Darnad, who is a friend of the ITBR podcast, he's been on our show, writes all about illustrator J.C. Leyendecker, whose work for Ivory Soap and Arrow Collars gave him plenty of opportunities to draw pictures of well-dressed and, at times, scantily dressed American men. And you also can find an article by Vernon Rosario, who has been on the podcast, and he talks about the quest for sex in the Middle Ages. So to subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe. So on their website, go all the way over to the right-hand side, and you'll see the button subscribe. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR50 
because you're getting 50% off your subscription to the print or digital edition of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine. I can't wait for you all to have your copy of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine and make sure that you take a picture when your magazine arrives or when you're reading it online and tag the GL Review on Instagram and ITBR and we'll share it out in our stories. Enjoy your reading, everyone. Hi, everyone. Happy almost holiday season. Because the holidays are upon us, I'm sure so many of you out there are thinking, oh my, what am I going to get my friends, my family, my children, my romantic partner, my husband, my wife, any, you know, significant person in your life. Look no further than my good friend, Mandy Bengal, who makes handmade crocheted items. Her company is called Mandy Made It. You can follow her on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It. And you will see all of these crocheted items that she's going to be able to customize for you, including special characters, sports team figures, even holiday items like a snowflake or a Christmas tree. So I have Mandy's keychains. I have the poison apple from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I have a rainbow um, flag that she made me. So Mandy is able to really customize an order just depending on what your hobbies and passions are. And you know, what item you're really looking for. So because you're listening to me talk about Mandy, she said that anyone who goes to Mandy Made It on Instagram and orders from her, and they've heard the Ivory Tower Boiler Room ad, she will give you all a free Ivory Tower Boiler Room t-shirt with your order. So head right now to Mandy Made It. You know, if you were really looking for that special gift, now you don't have to look any further because I have you covered with Mandy Made It. Okay, I hope you all enjoy your items from Mandy Made It. And please make sure that you take a photo of your crocheted items so that we can share it out on our social media. I know Mandy would love that, and I would love to see what you all are ordering from her. She even has an adorable pillow called Netflix and Chill, and she has these cute coasters that she crochets for your favorite coffee or tea mug. So enjoy all your Mandy Made It products. Isabel then stated that her husband told her he was going to leave and left with her 9mm handgun, hence why she was coming and reporting him in the first place, really. Police began looking for Edwin Lara and attempted to ping his phone, but they were unsuccessful. At around 5 p.m., police were able to locate Lara's vehicle, but not Lara himself. There was, however, a bloodied uniform of Lara's inside the car. With this, police had enough evidence to get a search warrant for the Lara residence. Inside, they found Kaylee's purse, her passport, her driver's license. Um, some sources said that there were a pair of shoes of hers and possibly even the murder weapon, but I haven't been able to fully confirm that. We'll talk about the murder weapon in a little bit. Other sources also claim that some of these belongings were actually found in the shed on the property. Now, while police were searching his home, Lara was busy kidnapping and carjacking a 19-year-old girl named Andrea Mez at gunpoint in Salem, Oregon. Yeah, so he's not doing well, clearly. 
you know, clearly this man is making very bad decisions. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it almost feels like a desperate person doing very desperate things. Um, You know, we're going to talk about the motive. And I know I keep saying, I keep bringing things up and saying we're going to talk about it in a minute. Um, You know, but this is another thing that, like I said, we're going to talk in a minute about like his motives and things of that nature. But at this point, at least the carjacking, kidnapping and fleeing, obviously to me, just seems like he's very desperate. He knows he's done something horribly wrong and that he should face the consequences for it, but is just too fucking chicken shit to do so. So in a desperate attempt to escape, he's doing all of these extremely horrific and desperate things. Now, the next day at around 5 a.m., police in Eureka, at least I think that's how you say that. Folks out there, it's Y-R-E-K-A. So I'm going with Eureka, and that's probably wrong. But anyway, it's a city in California, and they were their police department was notified of a shooting at a motel. Not even five minutes later, that same police department were notified of a carjacking and kidnapping of a family of three nearby. Police were able to locate Lara in Redding, California on the I-5, and this is because of the carjacking stuff. Now, some police claim that Lara called 911 and confessed. But either way, at 7 a.m., Lara was taken into custody with poor Andrea Mayes. Now, this is because they expected, they expected, they suspected, excuse me, her to be an accomplice and not a victim. Now, thankfully, they were able to clear her. I mean, it took 10 fucking hours for them to do that, (laughs) you know, but because I believe her parents did report the fact that, you know, she had been kidnapped. Um, I know her family did talk about this and were like, yeah, no, this isn't, you know, we, we know that someone took her kind of a thing so I think they might have witnessed it but either way like I said this whole thing took 10 fucking hours to get this poor girl released which I know sometimes shit takes time but good fucking lord (laughs) that's just I feel this poor girl her whole fucking day has just been I mean not even just the day her life I mean my gosh with the trauma that's probably been caused to her you know Oh, my God, it's just fucking horrible. So, and, you know, again, it's not even the worst fucking thing that he has done. So, you know, but at least they were able to release her. Like I said, roughly it took about like 10 hours for them to do it. But the police did make a formal statement to address the fact that she was a victim and not a suspect or accomplice. You know, because I'm sure, and I didn't see anything specifically about this that stated whether she was seen this way or not. But I wouldn't doubt that the media was probably painting her as some sort of accomplice and not a victim. So at least with the police coming out and saying that, you know, was kind of the least anyone really could do for her at that moment, you know, at least to save her reputation in some ways. At around 4.30, Edwin Lara was arrested for the murder of Kaylee Sawyer. In his confession, he stated that he purposefully killed Kaylee via blunt force trauma with a rock. And this was one of the things that, like I said earlier, they weren't sure if they found the bloody rock in the shed or on the property or, 
um, if it was at the crime scene. But either way, I have I couldn't find exact, you know, an exact definitive answer on that. But either way, it was found, and that is what is important. Of course, though, if killing her wasn't bad enough, according to court records, they suspected Lara of attempting to and possibly successfully raping Kaylee. So, yeah. Like, really, like, fuck this guy. And the only motive that I found that I could see was that he had some sort of urge to commit murder. And he just couldn't do it anymore. And Kaylee, according to some sources, had asked him, like, for a ride. Like, back to her apartment, thinking because he's, you know, he's the college security. He should be a safe person. She thought that, you know, that was going to be okay. But instead, he fucking kidnapped her. And then also possibly like tried to abuse her or did abuse her sexually is just I cannot I cannot of course in addition to murder and attempted sexual assault charges Lara was also charged with kidnapping and carjacking of Andrea and carjacking and terrorizing that family of four I also saw somewhere that he confessed to shooting a man in a gas station in California. But as far as I can see, there are no other documents about this. So I'm not sure if that's even true or not. Police thankfully were able to locate Kaylee's body. I'm not sure if he gave up the location or what. I'm suspecting that he did because it seems like it might have been a little obscure. But after his confession, they were able to find her body. And they were able to find her on the side of the road near 18,700 West Highway 126. In addition to the blunt force trauma and sexual assault signs to her body, the autopsy also revealed signs of strangulation and defensive wounds. And based off of the defensive wounds, they say that she fought back pretty hard. In court, Lara initially pleaded not guilty to both murder and rape of Kaylee Sawyer. But he later changed his plea on the murder charge, and he changed it to guilty in order to avoid the death penalty. He signed a plea deal with the prosecution in which he would only plead guilty for the murder charges, but could still plead not guilty to the sexual assault charges. The prosecution went with this I mean unfortunately that whatever evidence they had it didn't stick and the charges eventually you know technically it's considered according to the courts that he didn't do this um but the prosecution was kind of like we just want him to have life without the possibility of parole like as long as that happens like we don't need extra time for the sexual assault charges we just You know, they were just trying to get him. And I understand that, but it also is kind of annoying because, you know, if he did do that, here he is, you know, technically, you know, I mean, he's not getting away with it, but I mean, technically it's not on his record. So in some ways he is. Now, Laura was given life in prison without the possibility of parole, just like the prosecution wanted. 
Laura was also given federal life sentence for the kidnapping and carjacking crimes in 2019. Now, as I said before, the murder charge of the man at the gas station wasn't pursued. Again, guessing this is probably false. Lara's wife, Isabel, did divorce him quickly after um, the Sawyer's murder and his charges and did actually quit her job at the Bend Police Department. It seems that she was like truly devastated over what her husband did. I mean, obviously she reported him, but for her, I think, to, you know, be a police officer and then have a spouse, someone who you've chosen to spend your life with, be this horrible other person that you had no idea about. I could understand, you know, being in that position, maybe thinking, okay, I couldn't, you know, I married a criminal. How am I supposed to be, you know, an authority figure, you know, over criminals and like other civilians? So, you know, I can, I can see why she would have made that decision. But that also sucks because it seems like maybe she was a decent human being who just got tricked and manipulated by a total asshole. Kaylee Sawyer's family sued the community college for their role in Kaylee's kidnapping and death. The lawsuit argued that the school did not adequately check Lara's background and that both the security vehicles and uniforms resembled too much to police uniforms and vehicles. It was also stated that the school was aware that Lara, Lara sorry, had a fascination with dead bodies. This and other red flags that the family felt should have been evident to the college that he was not the right person to be in charge of student security or be involved in student security, period. In 2020, the college and the Sawyer family reached a settlement, and the college agreed to pay the Sawyers $2 million. Soon later, a law was also passed in Kaylee's name, and that was to make changes to campus security across Oregon. In August of 2022, two fucking jackasses, and I mean jackasses, named John Vera and Emily Pickett, broke into a storage unit that Kaylee's mother, Julie, and her husband, Kaylee's stepdad, were using because they were in the process of remodeling their home, so they needed to put things in storage, you know, because they couldn't have it out because of all the construction going on. Inside of that unit, they had firearms, there was a coach purse, also containing $30,000 worth of jewelry, which the peril, <laughs> apparel, which the pair stole from that unit and carried across to their Motel 6 room. The two went through all the jewelry and everything and discarded items that they thought had no value. Of course, one included a wedding band, one had... Or another piece of jewelry had, it was like a memorial piece for Kaylee. And the thing that really fucking gets me is that they threw out a green glass heart that contained some of Kaylee's ashes. Thankfully, I believe it was recovered, but I'm not sure if there was damage or any sort of loss of her ashes. Thankfully, the two were charged, but I just, I cannot... For the life of me, imagine how horrible that must have been for Kaylee's mom and stepdad. I mean, to already have to go through their child, stepchild, being murdered and attacked and probably violated. 
you know, and then have to deal with the courts and, you know, the trial and then think that, you know, everything is going to be fine because you passed this law and they were able to get the money from the school, you know, for their wrongdoing in this just to have two fucking jackasses come in and steal your shit. One of them being a keepsake you have that contains your daughter's ashes. I mean, <sighs> ugh, just sets me off. I mean, it, it, to be honest, looking at the pictures, the two, John Vera and Emily Pickett, they look extremely fucked up. And unfortunately, I mean, I didn't find much of what their motives were, but I, I would guess it would be drug related. But <sighs> still, still. It's just, it's fucking sad. And, you know, again, like with every case, like there is such incredible life that is lost. People who are doing things and really trying to make a difference in the world, you know, even if it's just their own small world with the people that they know, like they're trying to make things better for themselves. And when some asshole some, you know, probably very corrupt mentally asshole like Lara, Lara comes in and just steals all that from you. I mean, <sighs> I fucking hate it. But this is why I choose these cases because <laughs> I think they're not talked about as much. And, you know, I just think it's important to tell these people's stories, you know. So that is all I have for you, my loves. Don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on social media at True Crime and Academia on threads, Instagram and TikTok and at TC in Academia on X slash Twitter. If you would like to catch this episode ad free and get access to all of the bonus episodes, go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. And, you know, just for the price of a cup of coffee, you know, you can just get more. You get all of this for free. You know, I'm giving you a little something, something if you buy me a coffee a month. You know, think of it that way. Yeah, so go to Patreon and become a subscriber now. And until next week, my loves, I will see you all later. All right, my true crime friends. That is all I have for you this week. Don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on social media. On Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, we are at True Crime in Academia. And on X, formerly known as Twitter, we are at TC in Academia. T is in Tom, C is in Charlie in Academia. Also, do not forget to like, rate, subscribe, and follow on whichever platform you are listening to this podcast. It helps us in the end of the day or not in at the end of the day. And, you know, if you could also go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and subscribe that way and buy me a cup of coffee once a month, that would also be great as well. Whatever you can do, though, my loves, I understand this economy sucks. But until next week, my loves, I will see you all later.